Traveling the Vortex join the doctor as he plays a rousing game of catch in the vortex and arrive at episode 574 that's all right then i'm keith i'm sean i'm glenn that's all right how are you guys doing pretty good how about you all right all right all right (laughs) we've got a few sick people in our house but not 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 real bad uh uh, robin had covid but yeah she's recovering and then Holly's been sick, but we don't think she has COVID. So Gemma got a flu shot on Wednesday, and then got came the down sick Wednesday. <laughs> came down sick Wednesday night, yeah. and was out Wednesday Thursday. Oh, and we thought, oh, she's just having a reaction to the, the shot. Then Liam gets got sick on Saturday, mm. so it was a uh, well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, uh, Sarah and I have, have been all right, other than just kind of a little more tired than normal. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I've been okay so far. So. And a little more tired than normal, but did you guys watch or uh, read anything this week? I went to Kansas City and saw my favorite movie of all time on the big screen in 4K, and it was awesome. And which movie is that? <laughs> the special edition of The Abyss. Xanadu. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's a pretty good one, but... <laughs> No, I can't back that up. It's terrible, but I love it. Special uh, edition? <laughs> oh, God, no, I wish. the special edition of The Abyss just got uh, reissued for one night only. And uh, it was everything I had hoped it would be and more. It was so <laughs> good to see it again, and it was glorious and beautiful, and now I can't wait for the, I guess, the digital copy uh, drops, I want to say this week, and then uh, the physical media comes out next year in March, so... Is it that long after the digital? Yep. That's interesting. Hmm. I don't know why. Well, because they want you to buy the digital, and then they want you in four months to buy the uh, Blu-ray. So Yeah, but the Blu-ray comes with the digital, so Mm -hmm. I'll I'll wait. What about you, Keith? Uh, We watched or finished part one of the final season of The Crown, (sighs) which was a huge downer. Um, looking forward to part two, which drops this week. Hopefully it kind of lightens the mood a little bit because this whole first part, which was only four episodes was all of the Dodie and Diana 16 days before their death and death. Mm. So it's (laughs) a foreboding and then a, Oh man, that's a downer. (laughs) And it ends with the aftermath of her death. So it's kind of a, Hmm. Okay. Didn't love it, but. That's also because it pretty much only focused on that and mm. barely focused on anyone else, which I understand why they did it that way. I just want to see the other characters as well. Right. And then I watched the final season of Ghosts, the UK version. And? Which was good. I don't think it's as good as the previous seasons as far as humor goes, but it was a very good goodbye to the show. What about you, Glenn? I didn't. We we've been watching you know the the usual fare of Christmas specials so nothing nothing really new we watched uh, we've watched both well 
two and a half pepper landings because you know that the one's a short <laughs> film <laughs> the third one's a short um and then uh some frosty and some you know just a bunch of other stuff almost all the charlie brown ones now which i hadn't seen it's christmas time again charlie brown for a long 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 time so we watched that one Christmas festivities <laughs> are in full screen. Full and then I got screen. whammed this morning. I saw that. Uh. I, now, in what world does Sean Collins go out before Glenn Bartlett in Whamageddon? Oh, you know the. In funny what thing world is, does that happen? <laughs> my my alarm radio is set to ninety four nine, which is a, a station out of Kansas City, and they've already switched over. They've been full Christmas music since the Thanksgiving, and so I normally listen just enough to the the uh, the the news in the morning and then flip off because it's like nope i don't want to and so i was up this morning and getting ready to go and they were talking and we're going to do this and this contest is coming up blah 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 and i'm sitting here literally thinking to myself you should go turn that off (laughs) you should turn that off because you know they're going to go to a break and you're going to get you're going to get last christmas and i was like yeah but you know (laughs) It's all the way over there. What are the odds? I, mean, <laughs> I have this on my, you know, the Google Home thing. All I have to do is say, hey, Ziggy, and it turns it off. That's that's how lazy I was. Uh, I'll, I'll, and I kept thinking, dude, you got to do it. You got to do it. And then they said, well, we'll take caller number nine for this contest. Here's last Christmas. I went, no. <laughs> and you didn't get to turn it off in time? No. They announced oh. it. Even? They, they announced it. Here's George Michael, <laughs> like, and I no! could see Sean diving across the room. No, <laughs> <laughs> in slow motion and just missing it. In a weird way, I feel like a weight has been lifted. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I saw that and I was like, "Oh wow!" But you know, over the weekend, I we were in the car and we were driving to somewhere. I don't even remember where we were going, but we were, I think we were going to get the grocery store. We're driving to the grocery store and we have, we have KMAJ on in the car all the time and it's always Christmas, but that's because we absolutely love Christmas music. So it's playing in the background and I'm always, I'm always assuming I'm going to get whammed because I listen to Christmas music all the time. Now, granted in my car, I listen to my own playlist and I have strategically taken wham off of that playlist (laughs) (laughs) the last couple of years, but. We're listening to the radio because that's what Holly listens to when she's in the car. And so it's down low enough that, you know, you can hear what's going on, but we're, we're talking and not really paying attention. And then I hear it. It's last Christmas. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I, th- I think I'm out. And I turned it up and it was I don't even know who it was. It was somebody else. Some It was a woman singing it. So I don't know who's whose version it was Oh, a cover of it yeah so it was a cover and so i was like okay well that doesn't count so i'm still in and then yeah i get up this morning and i look at facebook and i go oh sean's been whammed (laughs) (laughs) yeah just i said and i mean it's it's one of those things i enjoy playing because it's fun i like the song oh i do too animosity about it so it was kind of like so once it clicked and i had my no moment then I just sat there and bebopped to it for another three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm going to enjoy it, I might as well enjoy it, you know. Yeah. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whip. And every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. 
we also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Khashki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire universe on shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex. All right, well, let's talk about some news. We don't have anything before that, right? No, news. (laughs) Well, they announced this week that the Celestial Toymaker is coming out on Blu-ray and DVD animated. So it was inevitable, right? <laughs> yeah. The mirror was right. Yeah. Raise yeah. your hand. Although the, I think Surprise. the mirror indicated that it was going to come out. Well, I got to soon, thinking about that and I, I, I did not mean to go back. I did. Or I meant to go back and check, but I did not. But the more I thought about it, I almost think they framed it in the way that was going to be announced. Oh. With near the specials, but I think we took it that it was coming out near the specials. So, it, and it may be written vaguely enough that it it, it could imply either it way. Covered its bases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I say, I forgot to go back and look and, and verify that, but I just I had it in my head that maybe that wasn't quite written the way we read it. But mm, either way, in, a Doctor Who story will be animated at some point in time. <laughs> well, they specifically <laughs> said toy. You heard it here first. They specifically said Celestial Toymaker, so I I think that we can get again give them some credit with. They did probably. Yeah, they did. Wow, that's their. Which sounds got, weird. They've got somebody on the inside for sure. <laughs> so have we watched the trailer? Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think of the animation style? I don't love it, but I'm willing to give it a chance. It looks better than Web of Fear did. Mm-hmm. I assume it's the same company. Uh, I don't know that it is, um, but it is certainly the same. They've, they're taking the same approach, wherever it is. It's got a very much early Clone Wars look to it. Well, yeah, if Clone Wars was done a little cheaper. Early, <laughs> Clone. Uh, early I season one. I, I don't Wars. even think it's Clone Wars. It's more like Reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, a little it's, bit. It's, it's early CGI look to it, and I'm with you. I don't love it, but while my brain was going, "Oh, Reign of Terror," um, for 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 this one, it, it you know, this is going to sound weird. It kind of makes sense. It works for the story. For the story, yeah. it works for because this because of the con- because of the, the structure of the story and what's de- what's it's dealing with, and the, you know this is a you know made up universe. Mm-hmm. Okay, that kind of gives you some poetic license in that regard. So, yeah. and it's a story that doesn't have a lot of human characters in it, anyways. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to help. It, the It's the humans yeah, that look kind of weird in it, it, not everything else about it. So the clowns looking kind of odd and strange, that's kind of fits into it. Right. It's just our main characters in the toy maker are going to be the ones that are going to be giving you the uncanny Valley aspect. Yeah. Of and, it, and it makes the uh, robot even more robot. Like I feel even more, yeah. to- I'm sorry, yeah. even more toy. Like, I mean, toy like, yeah. And the, but the more I look at it though, the more I like it, the yeah, longer I'm, I look at it, the more I like it. Cause I'm it just, almost I'm has the same that, way. <laughs> it almost has that, Yes, Clone Wars early CG animation, but it also has that style over it that's really popular right now too. Yeah, yeah. like across the across the Spider Verse and Ninja Turtles. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of trying to. It feels like it's trying to invoke those sort of styles instead of being just a CG animated. Right. Show. There, it it feels like I'm, I don't I don't mean this very disparaging, although I sort of do. But it feels like a low budget version of they're like. They're, they're using what money they have to try to emulate that style. And I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I, I, I think that's what it is now more than now that I look at the, the clips and kind of slow down the video even more. I'm the same way. I, I, when I, when I first saw it, I wasn't sure I loved the animation and then, and, and I'm still I knew not, I didn't love it when I saw it. Well, I, I there's still animation. <laughs> now it's growing on me. There's still animation that I, I, I like much better than it, but I didn't, I didn't even, to sit back and go, oh, I don't like that. It was just more of a, mm, okay, there's so that's something. And the, but the more that I watched the clips, I thought, God, this is just this really works for this story. So yeah, I, I the more I watched it, the more I liked it. It was kind of like when when CGI first started, and they would do things that were computer animated, and just nothing really looked right, nothing worked. And then Toy Story came out, mm. and because it was about toys everything had that plastic sheen Mm -hmm. and was like, Oh, okay, this works for this because they hadn't quite figured out how to do texturing, you know? So it was like the plastic toys looked right in, in the CGI versus a human character, which does not. And so this kind of reminds me of that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, because it's the toy maker that there's that kind of unreal quality to it anyway. We, uh, one, I think one step closer, uh, we watched just this week, we watched Knickknack, which is the little, uh, Pixar short oh, yeah. on the, the snowman that's in the snow globe. And yeah, I, I had forgotten how primitive that looked until we went back and watched it. It's still a good short and it still looks great for when it was made, but yeah, it's, it's very much more in that vein where there isn't a lot of texturing to it. It's much more simple, much more plastic looking. Tin toy would probably be a good tin toy is a good one too. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Oh, now I want to go watch that one. (laughs) 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 Yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad that we're getting it and obviously we'll, we'll get it a little later than UK, but eventually we'll have it. Yeah. You can't even pre-order it last I looked. Mm -mm, Not yet. So no date at this point. No date. date There is one for the UK, right? But not I don't us. think there is. Well, it's verify. it's on Amazon. Well, th- th- I got spoiled actually because somebody posted on Amazon before they announced it that oh look the toy maker the celestial toy makers on uh, Amazon and I saw it that morning on a t- on a tweet and I was like oh okay well I wonder if that's legit and then <laughs> Sean pointed out oh look look what they announced I was like well I guess I knew that was coming I suppose 
In Amazon a has a release date of December 31st, 2024. Mm. Well, then they've just put an arbitrary date in because that certainly won't be that long. Be I would hope out. not. <laughs> It'll be here soon Or they enough. have a lot more they're going to work on it. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. It'll be here soon enough. Yeah, the Rare Waves just has coming soon as a release date. Okay, so there is officially no release date. Yeah. They just say coming soon. What else do we have? Oh, Doctor Who has a single topping the charts, and it's not (laughs) Doctor in the Stress. That's right. (laughs) Uh, It took them how long to get a, a single on the charts? Yeah, isn't that funny? So I ch- at, uh, so, so we should say the, the Goblin song came out, which is their Christmas single, which is going to be a musical number in the upcoming Doctor Who episode at Christmas with uh, Shooty's first step, first full episode on his own. And uh, they announced, damn it, am I still here? You're still here. Mm-hmm. Who left? Nobody left. Okay. No one. Sean put a comment. Oh, oh Sean quit putting comments. No, end? yeah, that's okay. Don't worry about it. So, um, yeah, so there's this, uh, the singles coming out, and it came out today. It was released. Um, I just checked, and it is number one on the charts in the UK, which is what our goal was to get it number one on the charts in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> now we can stop. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys had a chance to listen to it? It's a cute little song. Cute? It's about eating it babies. It's still it's catchy. Yeah, it is catchy. <laughs> kind of. Now, David Bowie really let himself go in that video. <laughs> <laughs> I used that joke on Robin tonight. She thought that was funny. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I Again, another thing that I kind of had to reset my fan brain because mm-hmm. I, I, I went, okay, let's see what this is all about. Play. And then it launched into it. And my initial reaction was, like yeah i really don't know this is gonna work but this is no different than george lucas throwing a music video into return of the jedi so it was like (laughs) you know what yeah i'm I'm, it's a christmas special uh rtd always does big bizarre gonzo stuff for christmas why not so (laughs) and it is kind of a funny song seeing it in context is going to make all the difference I yeah. agree. Yeah. I mean, obviously, and, I and the video on well, YouTube obviously yeah. shows some, you know, bits other than the song that's going on. So it's clearly what's taken out of the episode. There, Yeah, it's definitely out of the episode. There are still some indications from some sources saying that there's more than just this musical number in it as well, though. So Oh, so yeah. it might be a whole musical so there's episode. A, there's a chance we may have a Buffy thing going on here. <laughs> and, and, and if it's just the goblins singing, I think that's fine. It becomes weird and kind of a Buffy thing when everyone else starts singing, too. You know what, though? The Buffy thing was a Buffy thing, and then everybody was, like, cool with it. So in any well, sort of context well, that they do it, I think that it'll work. The, the thing is, the Buffy thing put it into context within their universe. Well, yeah. And just didn't do it to do it. So that's as long my, as they do something that's like what that. My, that's, that's my funny. point. The Buffy yeah, thing was a Buffy yeah. thing until it was... A Buffy thing, and then everybody was like, okay, well, that makes sense in context. Because I remember when they announced the Buffy musical episode, it was like, oh, okay, that's dumb. 
and then it worked, you know, and they made it work. And right. I think that if, if this one does the same thing and it, and like you say, it's not just to be done the way that, you know, just to do it, then yeah. Only got a couple more weeks to wait. That's right. And then we'll know for sure. But we're hoping that it becomes the uh, Christmas number one single in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> it's well on its way now. I yes. say it's at the top of the charts. It's at the top of the top of the iTunes UK charts right now. Let's be clear. <laughs> oh, Which is yeah. probably the well, most important one. <laughs> well, it does count because that's the number one site for downloading uh, music at this point. But no. it, it is it's a good indicator. Let's too. put it that way. <laughs> As much as you no. don't like you, as much as you don't like YouTube, Sean, it's it it is iTunes. legitimately or iTunes, it legitimately is. No. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about. <laughs> they uh, went full tilt on promoting Shooty shortly after the episode, <laughs> and one of which one of the clips they included was. Shooty showing off his new sonic screwdriver, which looks very different from any sonic screwdriver that's come before. I kind of like the look of it, though. You, you, you remember how, like, a classic car has a look to it, and then that one year comes along where they completely redesign it, and everybody goes, well, it doesn't even look like a, a blah, blah, blah anymore. You know, like Mustangs went through that really ugly phase in the 80s where they didn't even look like Mustangs. I'm I'll, I'll take your word for it. Off. I don't know. <laughs> you know really? No, I, I don't remember that. They just, you know, they'll, they'll do something where they'll they'll kind of reinvent the wheel. But in the process, they oh. redesign everything that makes it what it was to begin with. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and, I, and, and, I get what you mean. I just didn't know that specific one. <laughs> reference. Oh, yeah. 80s Mustangs are ugly. <laughs> I like but, all the, um, I like all the models of the Mustangs. But go ahead, go ahead. We're not going to keep up on that. You like classic ones, trust me. You like oh, I, I prefer the classic even ones. Even like the new ones that they released in uh, I don't know when was it two thousand something uh, that were pretty sharp looking. But yeah, uh, yeah, the eighties, ugly. Anyway, um, I kind of getting that vibe off of it, like because it 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 looks like um, looks like a lady razor. <laughs> in a way, you know, <laughs> it's rounded and it's 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 a much bulkier piece of equipment, almost like a Star Trek tricorder. I mean, like a, a next gen tricorder, not like a, an original. Yeah. But uh, it, it's it's all looks like a novelty sound a, effects device, is what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, there's not a right angle on it. It's it's all rounds and uh, um, it's ergonomic. It just, yeah. Oh, that's that's what it is. It looks like an ergonomic mouse with the trackball. <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks like that. I don't know. It just doesn't look like a, a screwdriver anymore. No. But so, but here's the thing. Here's why I'm okay with it. Is we've complained for how long that it's no longer just a. So they've redesigned it to be a multi-tool, which has a screwdriver attachment to it. I mean, it's. It's now at least embracing the fact that it does more than just unscrew things sonically. Okay. It, if, it does if, a lot more than that now, and it shows that it does that. If the part of it like, flips out like a Swiss Army knife. Oh, who knows? 
then I would be totally okay with this. <laughs> but it's a Sonic, so it doesn't need to flip out because it can do no, it sonic. The, the emitter, you know, the schedule that comes out and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're uh, redecorated. I, don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I I think maybe I'm I think I'm I'm a, I'm a little on Sean's side with this one because I I, th- I I like the originality. I like them taking some chances and doing something different. But I just, it's really hard for me to accept that design. Um, it's better than the Sonic Kane. Probably a step below the glasses, though. Well, that's just it. I mean, they, they have... They have gone outside the box a little bit, but they never called them screwdrivers. And like you said, it's true. they're referring well, to this I wonder as if he won't actually call it a screwdriver in the actual show. Well, they're just maybe calling not. It maybe in the promotional be... material as a sonic screwdriver. Yeah, because you could what... just refer to it as my sonic. Right. Because that's what everybody's, you know, used to the doctor having a sonic screwdriver. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, d- it... I do like. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. I, I do like the. Did you see what he said about the Gallifreyan symbols on the back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, I like the fact that it says the sharpness of the tongue defeats the sharpness of the warrior. That's very a very Doctor Who uh, sentiment to have on his quote-unquote weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I'll get used to it. I'm sure that it'll be fine. I just, it's, it's a little off-putting to me right now, but I'm sure I will grow to love it. We are going on a journey, a very long journey, through the world of the Target novelizations in publication order. Every week, we are looking at a new book, talking about Terrence Dix, Malcolm Hulk, and all our Doctor Who novelization friends. Whatever you do, keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast, a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Podcast. This is Tim Trelaw. This is David J. Howe. I'm Peter Purvis. I am Sadie Miller. This is Lauren Cornelius. Larry, it's Fraser. For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world and beyond, the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I'm Larry Van Mersbergen, your host, and I've been collecting for 42 years. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex on the Direction Point Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. My name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 13, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time round. Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to Travelling the Vortex. All right, let's move on to our review. The Giggle. The Doctor is powerless as the terrifying toy maker holds the human race in his grasp. <laughs> That's it, huh? That's what Disney Plus says. All right, Sean. That is the whole shebang, huh? They don't want to give too much away. Hmm. 
Okay. We got to quit using the Disney Plus uh, synopsis. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll go to Tardis Wiki and it'll give me an hour and a half to describe <laughs> no, it. No, no, no. Don't go there. Yeah, it'll be way too much. <laughs> we need to find a middle ground, and that's that's not it. <laughs> too much. Let me sum up. Um, I'm going to give it a mostly bump, 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 because I liked probably 90% of it. I, I give it a big resounding dump, bump, bump, bump. I've seen it twice. And I loved it the first time, and then I let it set for a little while and wondered if I loved it still as much, and I went back and watched it again and said, yep, I loved it just as much. <laughs> I liked it a lot, too. I, I have not gone back and rewatched it, but I'm itching to do so. I just I wanted a little bit more out of it. I felt like there could have been more depth. There was a lot of great story points and you know metaphors that they could have touched on and delved deeper into um i thought that would have been that's a kind of a missed opportunity on it but being a big 60th extravaganza final special i kind of can let that go um neil patrick harris as a toy maker i thought was absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. um but it felt like we resolved the toy maker a little too soon i wanted more of that because of those things I just said about, you know, having additional depth that could be there. There's a lot more meats to there to what the toy maker was doing than, than we really got. And then just the performance was just so over the top and fantastic that it, that it was great. Yeah, I agree. I think this is one that kind of begged for another 20 to 30 minutes. Um, just to kind of help flesh out some of the the big ideas, um, specifically in regards to the toy maker. Um, but I liked the fact that the plot had this, uh, you know, kind of parallel track with uh, what's happening now. And, um, you know, in the real world, as it were. I. I guess I wasn't bothered so much. I I absolutely loved Neil Patrick Harris in this, and I was just completely eating up the the uh, every time he was on it. I absolutely loved it. It was wonderful. It was so much fun watching him. But I also don't feel like it. it I didn't feel like it was wrapped up too quickly because I think what happens at that moment when the thing happens and Shooty comes on screen, he just commands the performance oh, from yeah. there on out. And I think that it really needed to be, okay, we're putting the device aside, which is the toy maker, and we're going to wrap that up and then give them that room to kind of explore what they explore between him and and the 14th Doctor and why maybe this happened and that it is time for him to slow down and stop and that he's gone 14, 15 lives now and... He can't, this doctor can kind of retire, but also the doctor can go on in a different means. And so I think they needed that time away to deal with that. And so I kind of felt like I was done with the Toymaker at that point. Not that I wouldn't have liked another 20 minutes. Yes, that would have been good, but I didn't feel myself yearning for it at that point. So I kind of came, I kind of come at a little different, I suppose. See, and, and I wouldn't want more Toymaker after that point. I just want more Toymaker leading up to Leading that up to, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could have used a little bit more unit, too, because uh, obvious, uh, obviously they're establishing a spinoff. Yeah, and I think that's exactly... everything that's going on there. I think And that's... I felt very much, oh, wait, what, what's going on? I felt trying to 
catch up a little too much while breezing through all the units. I think that's exactly why they did the unit stuff that way, because it's just a taste of what we're going to be getting from that spin-off series. So I think that was actually probably framed well. We don't need more than that because we're going to get more than that. So I think I liked that little, just having a little taste of what's to come. I also think that Donna Noble is going to be in the unit episode now, or the unit series now, especially since at the she very got, least, since, occasional guest stars. right? Since she got hired there on the spot, <laughs> um, which I thought was great when she negotiated double. She, she doubled. She negotiated <laughs> double the the uh, um, salary with five weeks off. <laughs> that was great. I love that. Like um, I went through the whole range of, you know, 60 a year. It's like, ah, oh, that's pretty good. And then Donna said 120 with five weeks off, done. And I went, <laughs> yeah, that's even better. I, that's like hazard pay, you know. <laughs> Working for a unit, you need it. Um, Man, I'd have settled for 60. What a dummy. <laughs> I, I think there there were a lot of people really wanting to know about the Vlinks. And I think that that was, I think that what they gave us was, good and necessary for us to to whet our appetite and go okay so who is this where did this come from there's been a little bit of behind the scenes i think uh phil colson said that uh phil colson phil collinson said that um the the idea of the links which we'll get more later but he will be he's i think uh salvaged from a he's a passing spaceship that crashes and he ends up being salvaged and, and brought to unit from that. And that's all we know, I guess, as far as I have been able to dig up. But I like the fact mm. that we don't know anything about him and that he's just kind of thrown on our face because now we can go into the unit series and backtrack and show all of this yeah. great stuff that we saw. We can show how it kind of comes to be. I mean, you know, you, or, you could, or at least learn more about it as we go. You can very easily set the show, you know, sometime between power of the doctor and this build up jump past it and then move on right or do it do it from a uh i suppose this is kind of what you're this is info dump right this is well i think this is what you're also saying but i think maybe start from post this but give us little pieces of prior to as we as we got to this point yeah i think that would be kind of cool maybe even start the first episode as a current time episode, and then maybe the next one be a previous episode to kind of set the players in motion. So each week, each player kind of gets a different uh, build up or examination, and then come back and back to present day and go from there. That might be kind of cool. I don't know. We're 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 <laughs> we're, we're developing we're a show that we have nothing to do exist. with. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell we're a little excited? About mm-hmm. um, Which I, I, I really hope Mel is a part of that show. Too. Yeah. And, and I think that, well, and I think we have some confirmation that she will be in some future episodes of the main series. Yeah. Because they didn't announce that she was going to be for this. If I remember correctly, they that announced right. that it was going to be in the first season of Shooty's season. That is so right. Obviously we're going to come back to unit at some point. Yeah. And we did learn later that she was in this, but. Yeah, I, I don't think I did. I was shocked. Oh, <laughs> were you? Were, oh, know. you were really? Oh, like yeah. leading up to this. Oh, a few weeks back, they had started because uh, there's a shot in the trailer that somebody spotted her in the background, and that became the buzz. Oh, wait, Bonnie Langford must be in this. Must be in this. And then I think, 
yeah, I think BBC official finally said, or Doctor Who official finally said, yes, Bonnie Langford will be in this. So I I knew going into into it based on that. So, but it was still a wonderful moment when she shows up. I loved that. Yeah. Um, they Let's still didn't explain about that. They didn't explain how she got from the 25th century to the 20th century, but they did explain that she bounced around the universe for a while with Savlon. Uh, glitz so um they at least dressed that and then they did say she caught a what i don't remember what they said she caught something zonic 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 something like that a, to a get zinc, back zinks or something yeah, yeah. so maybe like an uber but maybe not. maybe a, it a also time travel uber. maybe it also goes in time and space as well as space so i'll let it pass how, how cool is it that <laughs> savlon glitz was still a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact that they actually referenced him was fantastic. Well, he lived to, what, 110 and then tripped on a wine <laughs> bottle and died. <laughs> uh, it was, a, I mean, they kind of laughed about it. <laughs> but uh, that, well, that's, that's kind of glib, but also kind of funny and poetic. <laughs> well, that, that's, well, that's how that character would go. Yeah, that's, that's true. totally how he would go out. That's you so know. true. Living the life for all of us. <laughs> I'm going to pour one out to you now, Savalon Glitz. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, that was great. I had no idea that that, uh, that Bonnie was going to be in it. So seeing Mel again was was just like, oh, that was mm. cool. And uh, uh, another thing that uh, somebody has made the kind of, I don't know, say crass comment, but, you know, well, I guess all old companions go to work for a unit now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. But they could if, if they want to. It they totally don't have makes to. sense that they would. A, because, well, they have some experience with us, you know, so why wouldn't unit reach out and say, right. Hey, could, could we hire you as a part-time consultant? If we need you, could we bring you in for something, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. makes sense. And then if you're going to have a, a, a former companion on a keyboard, being a desk jockey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mel, the computer programmer, which that <laughs> is what's great about this is bullet. we went, how many episodes of her being a computer programmer and never doing anything with that. <laughs> and now finally we get her in her, uh, actual profession in this story. I think that was great that they did that. Yeah. So that was all very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, uh now, okay. I'm going to show my lack of education here. Is this the guy that really invented television? Yes, mm-hmm. and the name of that um, uh, and the doll is doll the same was too. was uh, what was it Stooky Bill? That's really the way it went down. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Television was invented in the UK by the Scottish. I don't remember the guy's name, um, but yeah, it was actually invented by him, and that's it. Was almost exactly. Yeah, in fact, I think they had two different ventriloquist dummy heads that they used: Stooky Bill, and then there was another one. Um, but yeah, that's how, how it really went down. Well, I mean, <laughs> minus the giggle, although maybe it really did go down with the giggle. <laughs> that last satellite, as far as I know, hasn't actually gone up yet. So. Right, right. This, isn't, this, this isn't like a Mavity thing. This is this is the way it it, it actually. Yeah. Went. If you go huh. online, you can find pictures mm-hmm. of. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Of yeah. Stooky Bill on the actual first transmission. No idea. Well, that was cool then. Yeah. Um, uh, Stoogie Bill less so, 
um, <laughs> when ventriloquist dummies are still creepy. I, I, when I saw the uh, well, and when I saw it hanging on the wall in the toy <laughs> the toy shop, I thought, "Oh, Sean's gonna hate that." <laughs> and then later, <laughs> that whole sequence. Oh, just wait till you see the real thing, Sean. Be, being threatened by uh, by by the the rest of the the the, the Suki family. Um, yeah, that that's <laughs> kind of what I envision Glenn's garage to be like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is why I frequently leave your presence at the wrong house because I don't want to go near. <laughs> you don't want to come anywhere close. <laughs> oh, good God! No, no, take that away. <laughs> Uh, Keith has posted and you can in go our uh, see him in person. Keith has Why? posted a picture, a you? real Stooky Bill picture in our chat. So, no, <laughs> he survived better than the fire indicated in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> um. So yeah, that that was that was cool. Um. As the the aforementioned Neil Patrick Harris was great. Did anybody else get a a, a big finish vibe off of the shop? Like the guy oh, walked yeah. into the toy store, and I'm like, oh, the uh, the Charlie <gasps> episode, this. the Charlie episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where, where's the cabinet? Where's the escape room? <laughs> <laughs> well, that little door—that's the door that uh, you. That, that, was, that was it. In but, fact, um, in fact, very much in the same line when she goes through the door and ends up back in the toy shop, very yeah. much the same thing with the hallways that was in this one. Yeah. 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 Same vibes. Yeah, absolutely. And I wasn't sure Neil Patrick Harris's um, German accent w- w- was going to work for me. And then the customer calls him out on it. Your accent's kind of slipping. (laughs) (laughs) And then later he uses a French accent. And then later he uses an English accent. I'm like, okay, yeah, this that's just part of it. And then even an American accent. And then an American well, yes. (laughs) He I think he was putting a British twinge to it, but yeah, it was more American than anything. Well, and I guess the uh well that's okay and what is it? Uh then that's that's all right right. then. That's supposed to be uh yeah, yeah, the American. It certainly was. He was so good. Mm. So very good. It panged me. Well, I'll get into that. Let me let me stay with let me stay with the good stuff now. Um Okay, so we're working our way through. We got up to Soho and uh, a very cool quick jaunt back. I that was an empty way of using this to when did this happen? Okay. And then he goes to take care of it. It's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Proper use of time travel in a Doctor Who story. Mm-hmm. Yay. So we, we, we come back to unit. And a, another thing that I've seen some people complain about online is, oh, we always get this big epic moment of the, the TARDIS being picked up by a helicopter and flown in somewhere and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's happened twice. Okay. But well, you least, know what? At least this time he got to ride in the, uh, Actual helicopter, helicopter instead of hanging off the bottom of the hanging. TARDIS. At least they checked <laughs> but, to make sure he was not in the TARDIS this time when they picked it up. How how many times, how many episodes did Unit bring the TARDIS to the Doctor on the back of a truck? <laughs> <laughs> back in the Pertwee days. <laughs> this is not new. This has just been expedited. It, we're, we're just upgrading it, you know. It's just 
part. Everything's got advance, and this is the new way we do things. It makes sense to pick it up with a helicopter. Especially when you got to go long <clears throat> distances like they were. Yeah. Who wants to get caught in traffic? <laughs> Just fly there. Uh, I loved the doctor's gentle barb about, I remember how much time and effort your father spent keeping this place a secret. <laughs> did anybody think, when she, the way she was walking up to him, did anybody think expect him her to cl- slap him the way she was coming mm-hmm. at him? Yeah. That's what I expected. I did not expect the hug. That was crazy. Yeah. I, I was here. Boom, 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 boom. Here it comes. And hug. Yep. And then, and then, as Sean pointed out, <laughs> <laughs> credit where credit's due. That one wasn't mine. I just happened to forward it on because I, was, I didn't think of it. I was like, "Oh yeah," the the official canonicization of uh, downtime. Yeah, because Kate mentions Yetis fighting Yetis. Yay! Which is cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it, it is. It's, I love it's, it. It's, I love it. It, it's a, uh, you know, one step closer to the, 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 the tapestry of the who fabric being uh, one Woven thing. together, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, be, it's more, becoming more of a quilt now. So that was all great. The, um, the toy maker's entrance. Okay, so his arrival at unit, absolutely loved. Because it's just <laughs> to the Spice Girls, big I'll, and it's high energy. I'll and tell it's you, the Spice Girls, and it's like yes. I watched that on Saturday, and then that song was in my head all day Saturday, <laughs> all day Sunday. Went to work today, and finally got out out of my head. And then I came home and watched the episode again, and it's back in my head tonight. <laughs> that was fantastic, but. I'll come back to that when I do the uh, the ten percent of the things that I was a little like. Nah. So we're right now. We're just going to leave that dangling. Remind me to come back to it. Did anybody else legit worry when he got a hold of the gravimetric beam that we might just lose a couple of companions and support <laughs> staff? Uh, the, 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 these yeah. people might just not be long for this world anymore. No, yeah, the first time I watched it, it was I was certainly on edge that there was a chance, but also I I didn't think that because of the fake out death in the first one, I didn't think we'd get a Donna death death in this one. I just yeah, for some so. just mm-hmm. in the back of my head, I didn't think Donna was going to die in this, and. And knowing, I didn't think they'd bring Mel back just yeah, to kill her. exactly. And knowing that Mel's uh, presumably going to be in the, the series, uh, in Shitty's series as well at some point, I didn't think they'd kill her either. And then uh, same thing with Kate. So I don't think at that time I felt like any of them were actually in peril, but I did. It was tense enough that I thought anything could happen here as well. So, yeah, a little bit maybe. I, I totally thought so, somebody somebody's going to die. Some somebody is, is, is somebody is going to get hit with this ray beam and go down. And um, I I kind of thought it was Donna because despite the fake out early in the Star Beast, <laughs> Odd Duck Phil and I have been 
dreading these three specials <laughs> for a year and a half, two years since mm-hmm. they were, you know, the casting was announced. Because, oh, look, they're bringing back Donna. That's so awesome. Oh, look, they're bringing back Grandpa Wilf. That's so awesome. He's going to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't Moffat. Yeah, you see, no, it's, it's worse. It's, it's RTT. No, it's it's not in it. Well, if you think about it, compare the eras. There were more deaths. Well, deaths than bring them back in some weird way. But uh, in Moffat's era than there were in RTD's era. So. As he goes to great pains to point out in the story. Yeah, yeah. right. right. Think about that. How gut punch heartbreaking was that to see that one after another after another after and kind of be reminded of oh yeah <laughs> we did go through a spell there where yeah. you know companions well, and, went down left right and center that was another thing that, but then i also thought to myself well but then ryan and graham and yaz no, were just fine no so but that's was, that's just it and there were and a lot of over to the flux right well there were a lot of people hollering online going oh well, they just skipped right over ryan and and that's uh, yeah, okay well, yeah because they got they got to go home <laughs> it doesn't prove his point <laughs> right exactly so there was no way he's going to use them as an example the flux on the other hand wiped out half the universe so it right. was going to be one of his examples and and just what a brutal visual that you know it's a toy maker mm-hmm. so here's the marionettes and the strings and the scissors mm-hmm. you know just Wow, that was an, uh, I that was probably might have been the most impactful visual part for me of the whole story. I think the the guy that had become the marionette was one of the more oh, impactful yeah. uh, visual things for me. Um, the 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 assistant of the television mm-hmm. guy when he went in there and pulls him off the wall, and then he unwraps him, and all of, all of his body is the marionette, and then the the strings coming up and that wonderful shot upshot of uh, uh neil patrick or the, of the toy maker that was just that was really really impactful for me yeah agreed but on the other hand it gets really tense in that other room with donna and then donna just goes full <laughs> donna on those dolls <laughs> that was great <laughs> and i like how she deals with the mom and the babies are like nope nope <laughs> and just runs away anybody else nope <laughs> And I, I, I'll be honest, I was a little torn because it was like, do I feel any remorse over that? No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Donna no. didn't either. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you my tale of woe. No, not interested, not having this. <laughs> so, um, and then in 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 uh, in, in true a uh, uh, writer's fashion, if we have a gun, it must be fired by the end of the story. <laughs> here mm-hmm. comes here comes the death I was so worried about. Not who I thought, <laughs> <laughs> and not a death like you thought. And zap! And I was like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to happen. I'm okay with that, you know. And they go and they hold his hands, and I'm all starting to get a little verklempt. <laughs> But excited at the same moment. Yeah. And then what? The, the regeneration energy goes away. I'm gonna put a pin in that and come back to that. Feels different this time. Feels different. This time. <laughs> I want to talk about Shudigawa. Mm-hmm. Oh um, man. 
how, just a commanding presence as soon as he came on the screen. As soon yeah. as he came I on, and, and immediately again, fell one of the rarities. Yes, one of the rarities where it didn't take me any time at all to get. You know, I'm going to have to warm up to him. I'm gonna, no, just from the get go, I'm mm-hmm. on board. I cannot mm-hmm. wait for more. He's got such a presence to him and such a calmness where, you know, David Tennant's energy is so high and everyone's after him. Jody's a little less, but everyone after him has kind of kept that same high Mm -hmm. energy. Just go, 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 go. And the calmness, while he's not still, but he moves with purpose. He's not just fidgety. He's still and just so much there and i think as we see throughout the rest of the episode it winds up being a doctor that you know has dropped his baggage so he's kind of free to move on absolutely and i think that's that's what we see in him instantly yeah well said agreed and he's got uh, this is kind of a, a, a weird juxtaposition but the calm vibe that he exudes is also paired with this Matt Smith-like innocence and enthusiasm. Well, and wonder, yeah. sense of wonder. Yes, sense of wonder. yes. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's, you know, back to a doctor who's, let's go see the universe, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and so... Let's go see the wonders of the universe. It's not a uh, let's go fix the universe because it's my job. It's a uh, I want to go explore. Yeah. And I'm going to get just a little bit ahead of myself here, but in the next time trailer, I don't know if you guys have seen it, um, very much still that vibe from him, which I think is cool. It's almost a uh, an eighth doctor. These shoes, they fit perfectly, kind of just mm-hmm. f- finding the joy in the simplest of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that was amazing. And uh, again, so, so very hyped for him. Uh, and we dispatched the toy maker. And then we have this tugging at the heartstrings, incredible sequence of self-help mm-hmm. and if there's anybody that needs it <laughs> <laughs> the doctor needs a doctor more than anyone else as uh, kind of foreshadowed in the last episode mm-hmm. yeah and, and just you know he comes in and he gives him a hug which is not a reaction you get a lot of with multiple doctors <laughs> you know most of them have a, a a verbal barb and uh, maybe a twinkle in the eye and a smile, but you know, they, they kind of tolerate each other, but that's the extent. Of it. And this one's just like, no, come here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a hug. It was like, wow, I didn't know how much I needed to see that, you know? Yeah. And the, the acknowledgement that it's okay to let go. Mm-hmm is such a powerful moment that, I mean, you could do this on any show and it, and it would be, it would be something, but to do it on this show with this history, with these kinds of, and, you know, we've all assumed that there are breaks in the action mm-hmm. that the doctor does get to go fishing occasionally, sure. yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they, they do get to spend some time in the eye of harmony before it all goes wrong again. 
But for the most part, the televised sequence of adventures for 60 years has been from one disaster to the next, Mm -hmm. from one death to the next, from one bad guy to the next, uh, invading army, uh, suicidal megalomaniac scientist, uh, just da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And the fact that the doctor has weathered that for as long as he has Mm -hmm. is just, just so incredible. And I loved, did any catch the, uh, it was almost a drop line, uh, where when Donna was talking uh, to him and said something about, well, you've never really, you know, done this or whatever. And he kind of glibly said, I'm millions of years old. Mm-hmm. Billions, billions. Or billions of years old. Yeah. Okay. So in my mind, that 100% puts to rest the argument about the confession dial. You could, you could argue that, but. You also have to remember the timeless child element of it also. That adds even more billions. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think it, it, you but can. You also have to remember I don't acknowledge. Well, that's just it. You can look. But the timeless child it, 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 often says, you know, when, when Matt Smith says, in the day of the doctor, I'm so old I am. I'm so old I forgot how old I am. Well, that's always, that to me, that's always been a cheat. And so I think this time was more definitive. So you don't have to say that anymore. I think that what it does is it it acknowledges the confession dial, and I think it also acknowledges the timeless child at the same time. So I think that it works on both levels. Because billions is pretty vague. I'm mm-hmm. decades old yeah, right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say how many decades. He didn't say how many billions. Right, right. It's a big number to us, but, you know, once you get so far, it's like, oh, it's billions, you know. Is that in Gallifreyan years or... Plutonian years. I mean, <laughs> I don't well, think that's made a, a circuit around the sun yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the fact that we get a happy ending, essentially. Mm-hmm. That that that, uh, and, and of all of the doctors to get it, other than the war doctor, um, I think Tennis Doctor is the one that, that really kind of, yeah, this is this is this is good. And I love the kind of postscript scene with him sitting around the, the, the noble family. And, 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 you know, as he said, I, this would kill me. I'm going to get bored. And all I could think of was the Matt Smith episode where he's painting the fence and running around. <laughs> right. Uh, which, which one was that? Power three. Um, but it just, just to see him acknowledge that he needs the break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so wonderful. I, I love the sentiment of it. And I think I would have liked it more had they not given him his own TARDIS. Because of this Doctor, and especially this incarnation of the Doctor, considering the characterizations he's carried over from the 10th, I have a hard time believing he's going to sit back and retire. Well, he's not. He's obviously popped off back to Mars once. Yeah, he's popped off So. It's it's a happy ending, but it doesn't feel like it's a resolution for the character. See, I sort of think, though, that... I think, though, because the of the bi-generation, I think, affords the 15th Doctor to go out there and continue to the adventures to fix the universe and to be there to be the hero. There's no longer the pressure on the 14th Doctor to do that or the, the this lineage of Doctors to do that. And so I think that the TARDIS doesn't become a 
have to go fix the universe tool. It's a gets to go explore the universe and look at the things and maybe not run from one disaster to another, but run to one wonder from, from one wonder to another. And so I think that on me on a level, it does work because he absolutely would have gotten bored. He, there's no way that someone's going to live that long is going to be that, you know, going to be able to sit and just retire because everybody around him is still going to get old. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, mm-hmm. didn't slow down his life's life's uh, cycle. And so I think that giving him a TARDIS to still have that mechanism to go off and do things, I think works. I don't think you could have left it without a TARDIS because to me, that would have been unrealistic. See, and I I fully thought and bought into the idea, oh, they're going to leave him without a TARDIS and he is going to lead the unit spinoff. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, that's totally what I thought was gonna happen. <laughs> I I think they I think well I think they've tucked him away to make him at least come back in that series, and then if they decide to do a spinoff, I did think it I, something I've been wanting to read for a while. I did see somebody tweet out that uh, RTD is giving out David Tennant's like he's Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a day with Tennant. <laughs> so I thought that was funny, and and that's ultimately you know, we're arguing about that. We're not arguing. We're discussing about the him getting a TARDIS. Ultimately, that's what it's for. There's there is this grand plan for a multiverse of Doctor Who, and that gives them a chance to bring him back anytime they want. It gives them a chance to spin off a series with his Doctor if they want. We already know that Rose yeah. is, they've, they've already said Rose isn't, oh, isn't done. So, you know, it, ultimately they could end up having some adventures together as, as some little mini series a year down the line or two years down the line or whatever. Um, and I would be fine with that. Before I kept thinking, oh, let's, I'm not sure I like the idea of giving us an out where we can just continue to bring you know, David Pitt Tennant back anytime we want. But then I got to thinking about it and I thought, yeah, no, I enjoyed these three specials so much. And I enjoyed seeing David Tennant again. I wouldn't mind seeing more David Tennant as the doctor. And if this affords us a way to move on with the 15th doctor and have adventures continuing on, but also be able to revisit the, the 14th doctor without having it to be a multi-doctor story, then all power to them. I think they should do it. I'm, I'm, I'll be be perfectly fine with it. I think that segues perfectly into what Davies has been saying in the additional media uh, and not just Dr. Who Unleashed, but he talks about it in the official podcast and more details in the commentary track, unfortunately only available on the BBC iPlayer that the idea of this by generation, every version of the doctor by generated, it caused the ripple effect backwards so that there is Sylvester McCoy's doctor out there still as the doctor, but aged. Mm-hmm. And that's how tales of the TARDIS kind of fits continuity wise. Also is those doctors are actually the doctor, but have by generated and continue to live their lives. So I, I think they definitely set up. If, if he follows through with it, he's definitely set up a way to let any doctor come in regardless of their age or how, or anything else and play their role in any sort of spinoff or guest spot that they want. And, and that's where we're probably getting away from some of the things Sean wanted to talk about, but that was one of the things that I, uh, when I heard that I thought it was vague enough that he didn't definitively say it, but he 
implied that, and I agree that that's that what he meant. But I think unless it's defined a little better, it'll be harder for me to wrap my head or accept it because it's it's almost like there was some metaphysical when those guys pulled each other apart you created this multiverse of doctors which i think is okay but how we didn't we don't yeah. see it happen we don't there's what, no what expo- are the practicalities of right this? and there's no there's no uh, uh there's no explanation of the, the 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 physics or the reality of that right now it's just an abstract idea and so i think if they can figure out a way to present it so it's not so abstract, then I'm probably okay with it. But at this point, it doesn't set well yet. Not that I don't like the idea, but I don't, I need a little bit of more of a bridge as to how that works, you know, because I didn't see it work. Right. It's all, he's saying all of this in the unofficial canon aspect of here's what I'm intending. This is what my thought process is of kind of justifying the by generation. And until it, gets explained further in the show proper it's hard to really understand how it's going to work right because i i assume then that they by generate and the doctor continues has his memories but then the ones that are left behind can't regenerate again they're basically human but that's not clear enough. We well, don't know that's true or not. Yeah, and, and see, I don't. I didn't take that away. I here's my thing: is initially when that happened, with the 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 bi generation happened, my thought was, okay, well, this is interesting because yes, Shudi Gatwa is the fifteenth Doctor, but can the fourteenth Doctor regenerate again? And so that's I the guess uh, so. That's what, yeah. So. Is Russell saying that, as you kind of stated, it might be that all of these doctors, including 14, now they aren't, I think you were using human in in a sense of they're, yeah, human-like, where they now, they may have an extended still life, but they aren't going to regenerate beyond this version of any of them. And I'm not sure, not sure how that works either. So, (laughs) because... I did like one of the theories some people postulated was that maybe the curators that we've gotten, both the uh, Sixth Doctor version and the Fourth Doctor version, maybe they are further uh, versions of Tenet after he, after the 14th Doctor regenerates. Mm. Might be an interesting uh, thing to explore. I don't know that they ever would. I'm not sure that anybody wants to put, you know, a, a definitive lineage on the on the curator i think that that's a fun mystery that people are kind of leaving out there but that could be you know something and and i kind of liked that idea of that being a possibility i i don't know that the nice thing about this is there's already almost two seasons of doctor who available that we have yet to see and there's so there's there's a lot that's going to be explored and it is it is rtd's sandbox now he's the one playing in it he's the one that's going to be uh, formulating and molding the series from here on out. So we'll just have to see uh, what he does beyond this. But right now I'm not disappointed with, with how it's happened. I think my only concern is a uh, lack of actually following through on it. And it's, that's possible. It might not. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, Oh, and, and if that's the case, I can explain, I can excuse away what happened because of the toy makers interference and how he affects reality 
oh, well, that caused it to happen this one time, mm-hmm. and it basically caused a, a non-regenerating non version of 14 to continue and 15 to go on and go about his merry way. Well, that's a good point. But because... if, if if they don't revisit it, it's not gonna, yeah. It's not the end of the world. But that is a good well, point, that the, the toy maker it was in this universe at the time that it happened, so I suppose that could reverb... What happened reverberated out within the universe based on the ability of the of the toy maker so perhaps well then we do the seed for this was laid was in the previous episode in wild blue yonder and he references that when he says i threw salt cast the cast the salt at the end of the universe yeah and Mm -hmm. and and, you know created that myth and now by generation which was a myth has become a thing yeah so if the doctor's actions in wild blue yonder have sparked this weakening of the, the the fabric of the universe where it allows the toy maker to come through. It allows the the ideas of myths and legends to suddenly become real. That might it's be very possible yeah. that that's where, you know, you know, so that was the, the origin of it. And then this is where we're going with it from here. And so from that end of it, I'm, I'm, I'm very okay with it. And for all of the reasons that you guys said, you know, that this is, you know, being able to dust tent it off and, and bring him back whenever we want. Um, you know, that's kind of a cool thing along with the implications that if this spiraled backwards through, through the, the through the timeline, and that's how we're going to get these tales of the TARDIS and that, you know, all of these doctors, because they even said, uh, I don't know. I think it was, uh, the seventh doctor in, in that one said, you know, sometimes I regenerate and sometimes I, I, I grow old. It just depends on, you know, it's just different sometimes. Mm-hmm. That makes all of that work, which yeah. is very cool. I'm with you guys on, okay, but now what? I, I would like to have at some point some exploration of where we go with this. So, you know, is, is the 14th Doctor just going to go ahead and, and be there on Earth and, and live out his life and heal, which is, you know, as, as Shooty Scott was, you know, 15th Doctor said, oh, that's the beauty of the Time Lords. I'm already receiving the benefits of, you know, your therapy sessions. <laughs> so he's going therapy to heal out of order. <laughs> yeah. He's going to heal and get better, which is great. Then what? Does he die and the regeneration energy feeds back into 15? Or does he die and regenerate on on his own and create yet another copy? And I think that's kind of one of those things where my fan brain is having trouble letting go of that. Mm -hmm. Because you gave me this nifty new concept, but you didn't give me enough to build on to, you know, it's kind of like Timeless Child 2.0. You have now broken the sandbox and I want you to fix it. And it still kind of works within the, the confines of what you've set up. But the fanboy in me is going, no, 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 the rigid rules are this, this, and this. And the rest of me is going, dude, there are no rigid rules. It's Doctor Who. You've got to let it go. Timeless job. And so until we get down the road with that, I'm not sure how I feel about this concept. It's a little, little foreign. And yeah, I'll be yeah, honest. Think about it, though. We're, we're only three episodes into RTD 2.0 era. So there's a yeah, lot yeah. to be explored and a lot <laughs> to be done. So yeah. And there's a part of me that, you know, is maybe a little jaded over the 
very casual hand waving away of the, the the tragedy of David Tennant's doctor uh, of the uh, um, the one who regrets and the one who forgets. You know that that all of a sudden, well, we're just not going to to have that anymore because well, we fixed it. We gave him a happy ending. And it's Tenet, which is everybody's favorite, so of course he gets the happy ending. And, oh, the tragedy of Donna. Well, now she gets a happy ending. And you get a happy ending, and you get a happy ending, and you get a... And it's kind of like... But the, the, the impact of those episodes was that they didn't get a happy ending. Um, but now look, look, look how much longer it took to get the happy ending. It right. doesn't take the impact of those episodes away, especially if you go back and rewatch it all in order. Exactly. It just means that 10 years later or even further, he actually gets resolution right. to the, I'm the, I'm in to the, the same. ending. I'm, I'm the same. I, I completely echo what you're saying. I agree with that. How Except, ironic is it that of all of the uh, um, RTD companions, Martha Jones, the one that was legit in love with the Doctor, at least on her end, didn't get a David Tennant. That's true. She's the only companion. Everybody else got one. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 just one of those. I was like, mm. you know, I, I I just I I'm gonna I'm gonna shelve it because I feel like I need what? more. And this is kind of one of those things that now that it's done, now that the genie's out of the bottle, we may never go back and explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Well, and, and that's where a thing of uh, retcon, uh, hand waving and retconning of, well, it's a toy maker's meddling is right, where your answer right. solves. And I, I think they did do, as far as the trauma stuff goes, I think they did a good job in their conversations showing that it was more than just the 10th Doctor's trauma that we were dealing with, going all the way back yeah. to Mavic Chen. Right. Yeah. I mean, I thought yeah. they did a really good job of showing this guy has lived a very, very long life. And there's been a lot that he's had to deal with that he needs to resolve. Yeah. Russell very early on shied away from doing too much with the classic lore because he didn't want to turn off new viewers. And so now we're finally getting a, a, a moment where he can include all of this stuff that I think he's been chomping at the bit to, or, yeah. to do for so many years and at least make mention and acknowledge. And so this episode especially does that. I, um, I love the fact that Shooty's got a jukebox. <laughs> and it's, that's such a very, I wonder if Tenet will yes. get a chair. And it's wheelchair accessible. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yep. love the wheelchair accessible, which means, that um, is, uh, is it Susie? What's the, the, um, surely, surely. Now that Shirley will probably have a few trips with Shooty. No, now no can- more weird edits around canine. Yeah, now canine can get in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole reason he did it. Let's be honest. Um, so yeah, all all of that was uh, was absolutely fantastic. Um, I feel like, in a way, this is where the negatives start to to come in just a little bit. In a way, I feel like Russell borrowed from himself that great sequence of uh, uh, the toy maker singing and dancing his way through unit headquarters felt very, oh, it's the master and mm-hmm. the uh, the scissor scissors, mm-hmm. you know, that he's, 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 he's that kind of villain. And we've had this before. 
I'm okay with it because I enjoyed it, but at the same time, it's like, well, that's a thing. Um, the surviving David Tennant, you know, feels a little bit of a replay. And um, what was the thing earlier that I said I was going to come back to? Uh, it was during the By Generation. Uh, it was before that. It was, it was before so that. So it was between the. <laughs> It would have been between the uh, dance off or not dance off the the dance scene with to the Spice Girls and the By Generation. There was a minute moment in there. What was it? Hmm. That wasn't one you told us to remind you about, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. <laughs> the the. Uh, well, that's a good thing because you didn't remind me. <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, I rem- I I just said the two things that I remembered that you told me to remind you. But there was another one in there. You're right. You just didn't say remind me, so I didn't commit it to memory. <laughs> um, yeah. Any, anyway, yeah. Um, it 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 feels very much like an episode that I think maybe it goes back to why I wanted another twenty minutes of it because there was so much build up and potential. Yeah, for, I... for here's these earth shattering ideas, and then, ta da, we'll but, deal with it later. But yeah, Which because very Doctor Who, because <laughs> yeah, that's just it. It's it is very Doctor Who. It's it, let's deal with it later, and and it gives. I mean, uh, again, this is three episodes into RTD two so we've got a lot to do. I, some of the things that I thought was fascinating about this whole thing is. He he mentions the one who waits. The toy the toy maker yeah, mentions the one that the one that he ran away from was the one who waits. He didn't he didn't do anything with him. Um, so we 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 don't know what that's going to be about. Um, we have the There's boss. A wonderful fan theory out there. Have you? Have yeah, you the Zagreus one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll go that. I don't think Russell's ready to tie that that closely together to big finish. But who knows? We'll see. Um, adapted a comic book. Well, that's true. Uh, the one that waits, though, it, it uh, uh, was one that was there. We, the boss, we didn't get answered in this one. We thought maybe it was going to be the toy maker. Uh, it was not ever said that the boss uh, for the uh, the meep was the toy maker. So that's still lingering out there. The uh, toy master mentions that my legion is coming. So mm-hmm. there's going to be more there. Uh, the tooth with the master inside was picked up at the end, very Flash Gordon style. And somebody else pointed out, very much in the same vein of uh, the end of Last of the Time Wards, where that's true. Lucy yeah. picks up the, uh, uh, not Lucy, and it was yeah, it looked like a woman's hand Lucy too, sex. at least red. So I think that somebody's onto something that um, I've been trying to decide whether to bring this up because it might be a little spoilery. But somebody pointed out if you look at Kate's hand she has the exact same nail polish on uh exact I same wondered, color i kind of yeah. wondered after seeing it if that was a oh unit's and, gonna scoop that up and secure it away into the black archive and would anybody else somebody would have noticed anybody else on that that wasn't already there on that uh, helipad that wasn't already there so there's a good chance that that's maybe being tucked away for a unit story or Maybe she's being influenced in some way, which is possible. She's the reason why the master maybe will come back. Who knows? But that's still out there. I did or love the reason for the shooties doctor to come back to unit in his seasons. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. 
Um, I did. I was relieved that they revisited or they closed the uh, cast the salt at the end of the universe uh, point. And um, what was my other one? Uh, the Meeps boss. Why did I write down fourteen? Oh, for, you know, whether well, yeah, and then whether what happens to the fourteenth Doctor after this? So. Which I think that's what it was, is now that we've got the 14th Doctor there, while I'm all for some more David Tennant adventures occasionally, that to me now creates the class problem, where class comes out and we've got this group of characters and we're going to put them through their paces and give them mm, these really mm, hard I know what uh, I was say. challenges. And so we get a unit show and it's like, okay, great, we're going to go do the thing. You have the doctor well, living down the road. So that, <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Sean, because that reminded me of one of my other points as to why it was important to give David, or to give 14th a TARDIS, because it does take oh, so him out of, conveniently it gone. does take him out of the picture. He can conveniently be gone when there's a, you know, major threat that unit is having to deal with on their own. I, I, that I thought of that earlier, and then it went out of my mind when we were talking about it. But that was that was exactly one of the other reasons why I think it was good to give uh, fourteen a TARDIS of his own, from from a storytelling standpoint, anyway. Yeah, because well, you know, as I said, if the Doctor lives next door, well, now what? Because yeah, you yeah. don't want to go to him for every single problem, but you could. <laughs> And so whenever the stakes get raised to a point where it's like, oh, wow, this looks bleak, and then David Tennant swoops in to save the day, it's kind of like, ah. Mm -hmm. You know, he becomes this this deus ex machina. And uh, so I'm a little little leery of that. Uh, you know, I hadn't thought about the fact that the TARDIS means he could be unavailable, which is, is, is good. Um, because that's what we're concerned about with class, is that if Capaldi was going to show up every time they got into too much trouble, well, then yeah. how good is this show really going to be? Right. Um, so that's kind of another thing that's lurking out there now. And I don't know that... This is the weird thing about this, is Russell can say that this is all set up for this multiverse, and that okay, there, we've unlocked the secret to it, but I, I don't know that it was necessary just from the standpoint that it's Doctor Who, it's time travel, it's, you, you kind of already have everything at your disposal that you needed for this. Yeah, I, th I think the idea is now for at least bringing in prior Doctors, you don't have to come up with an excuse of why they look older. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we haven't done that to begin with. <laughs> well, they tried to give yeah. us one-off lines every yeah. once in a while. I mean, look at Time Crash. He, they they give some lines about stuff, and exactly, they even tried to do something in Power of the Doctor to explain why the holograms looked older and different. It it it, it just is. <laughs> how how did the master come back after being burned alive? I don't know. He just does. He just. Does. I've kind of moved beyond the need for that stuff, yeah, which is weird that I'm the one going. Well, how does this work? <laughs> you know, right, just, right. I don't know. No, so, I, yeah, I, I. Like I said, I love ninety percent of it. Yeah. Um. Just real quick. Uh, uh, well, let's 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 quickly wrap it up because uh, we're going a bit long. Uh, if you had to, if we were a show that ranked episodes, 
of these three episodes, how would you rank them? I think I would go Wild Blue Yonder, Giggle, Star Beast. Okay. Sean, what about you? I know I'm putting you guys on the spot here, but. Wild Blue Yonder, Star Beast, Giggle, but not by much. That's interesting because mine is uh, the Giggle, Wild Blue Yonder, and then Star Beast, as much as I <laughs> like the meat. So, uh, first, second, third. Yeah. They're all very, very close. They all, it's they all been are a, very such close. a stellar three episodes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely right. Uh, and you know, I reserve the right to change my uh, my ranking after a second viewing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All right, let me read out some uh, uh, feedback real quick on our uh, uh, Traveling the Vortex uh, Facebook page. Aaron said, a "Happy ending isn't what one expects when the Doctor regenerates." I am pleasantly surprised. Russ said, wow, what a third special the Google turned out to be. Great story, superb performances all around, a new style regeneration, a brilliant new doctor, and the master coming back. We couldn't have asked for more. Jamie wrote, oh, wow, that was outstanding. The true anniversary special new Patrick Harris was a delight as the toy maker, and I'm making, I'm liking what I'm seeing of the new doctor. We got a multi-doctor story everyone was clamoring for, and I thought it was a great ending for the 14th doctor. John said, I expected it to be great, but it far exceeded my expectations. Now we don't have to worry about other adventures being shoehorned into a packed three episodes. They can spend another 10 years letting the Doctor breathe or leave it as it stands. Either way, they did a great job. And then Rick says, the stuff of legend, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, very nearly steals the show from not one, but two Doctors. Bonnie Langford's return was to delight, and the phenomenal hour ties the bow on... David Tennant's whole history as the Doctor. A joyous, lovely, altogether beautiful ride. Now bring on Christmas. And I concur. All right. Well, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule, we're going to review the new episode of Doctor Who next week. Oh, wait. There is that one. <laughs> <laughs> this just <laughs> in. <laughs> and then depression set in. For a week. <laughs> But only for uh, a week. But only for a, a week. week and a day. <laughs> yeah, so we are going to uh, give you a uh, look at uh, um, some fun and games with our uh, look at Doctor Who 60 Years of Adventure, the RPG from our friends at Cubicle 7, who were kind enough to uh, provide us with the materials for that. Uh, and uh, then we get Christmas. Yay! The church on Rose Lane and the first episode of Shootigawa proper. And uh, the Goblin Song, which is uh, <laughs> ranked number one on some broken music service nobody's ever heard of or uses. Um, but maybe it'll do better, uh, you know, on the on the Billboard charts by the time Christmas rolls around. Maybe. So something well, maybe. They don't have Billboard there. All right. Um, you can find us on our website, TravelingTheVortex.com. If you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that, becoming a patron, and click on that Patreon link and support us there. And also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. It helps bump us up in ratings and recommendations. Anything else we need to touch on before we close this program? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direct checkpoint! Direct
Checkpoint. A Doctor Who Podcast Network.